Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 752 times Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, and somebody who might feel just the tiniest bit of pride in the Dallas Cowboys after what we saw on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The one, the only, the legendary Tony Casillas TC. What up? I hate to even admit this, but there was somewhat of a moral victory for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we even go there, but that's kind of where we are this year with this season. We are recording on Tuesday morning, as we do every uh, every edition and every episode of the 750. Uh, you can listen to us on the Blog of the Boys podcast network. You can also watch this episode on YouTube. Tony Tony wanted to put a suit and tie on. I said, nah, man, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, people, no, it's, no. It's, it's a relaxed sort of thing. So you look sharp. Well, here's what I like about you, RJ. You got all this unfound, you know, all this great energy. You're gone. You're doing, doing you're all over the Blog of the Boys, all over Twitter. You didn't give me a heads up this morning. Well, so, so have you ever done one of those Zoom meetings where you've seen on the internet gone bad? That's yeah. what it could have been this morning. I said, hey, at least let me put my some let my old ass put some makeup on. Let me take the underwear off the cadenza behind me. <laughs> so at least you gave me five minutes. I appreciate that, brother. You could have, uh, it could be worse. Um, you know, the, the like, there are classic Zoom tropes um, in our current world, obviously. And one of them is like, uh, well, your setup is a little bit different, but um, like like a child walks in behind you, you know what I'm saying? Or, or somebody's like in the oh, background yeah. doing something. That's not happening. You've got all your accomplishments behind you. So, you know, not exactly room for somebody to walk by, but um, but yeah. So do you, would you call what we saw? On, actually, before we get into Sunday, uh, we should get into the breaking news at the moment. Just before actually we started recording, it was reported by NFL Network's Ian Rappaport that Trayvon Diggs, Dallas Cowboys rookie cornerback, who's been really uh, – he's certainly had his moments of struggle, but he's, he's generally been somewhat awesome for the Cowboys, a really great find in the second round. Tony, he suffered a fractured bone in his foot during the loss at the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. He is expected to miss four to six weeks. The Cowboys are on their bye this week. However, given the timing of all of this, Ian Rappaport notes, he might just miss the rest of the season as when the Cowboys come back, they will have seven games remaining on their schedule. Uh, your thoughts on Trayvon Diggs potentially being the latest Dallas Cowboy to be lost for the year? Um, I, I, will, I will say this. I think if you're going to get injured – and with this this debacle season, this is probably the best year for that to happen. But in saying that, if you're a rookie, I think Trayvon still needs the reps. I mean, he as you saw during the season, he had his good his good moments. He had two interceptions versus the Eagles. He's still going through the the growing pains as a rookie. I feel bad for him, uh, but considering where they're at right now, I think that this uh, if if you're looking for a favorable time for it to happen, uh, this is the season. Uh, but I just keep going back. I just know as a rookie, you need those valuable reps to get better, and especially at that cornerback position. But I think he'll be fine. He's definitely one of the bright spots this, this year, uh, RJ, as we watch the season. And uh, when you look at the, the season, you go back to it and measure it. I think uh, you know his rookie year will be very valuable for him. So I want to talk about the the moral victories of things and um, and how real that might be. But um, I do think it's uh, it's certainly worth noting 
Um, you you kind of mentioned it when I told you this news right before we started recording that, you know, while the Cowboys are for, are closer to that top draft pick, obviously, um, tankathon.com, which is a, a great place to kind of measure this information. Currently, Tony has the Cowboys projected as having the third overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft. You yourself were the second overall pick in your draft. So uh, if the Cowboys were drafting back then, you wouldn't make it to them, unfortunately. Um, but <laughs> be a wealthy uh, man, too. The um, the New York Jets, who who almost I was drafted in modern era. That's fun, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> um, the New York Jets almost uh, bumped themselves out of this position on Monday Night Football, but they currently hold the number one overall pick in the NFL draft with an zero and nine record. The Jacksonville Jaguars, Tony, have a one and seven record and are second on this list. The Cowboys, two and seven. The Giants, the Cowboys barely have the Giants edged out for the third overall pick. They share a two and seven record. The Washington football team holds a two and six record and is fifth. The Los Angeles Chargers sixth. The Houston Texans, Tony, technically hold the seventh overall pick, but that pick belongs to the Miami Dolphins, courtesy of the Laramie Tunsil trade. Uh, it is amazing that three of the four NFC East teams currently hold top five picks in the NFL draft. Um, and so I guess this this sort of transitions us into the moral victory of it all because every every fan, Tony, is saying. Sunday was kind of the perfect situation for the Cowboys. They showed a lot of fight. They showed a lot of resolve. They, they showed a lot of backbone. They showed a lot of self-pride, but they lost. And right now, you know, I know everybody wants to win, but I want to lose is what the average fan is saying because I want that top five draft pick. I, I want, you know, Penny Sewell or whoever it may be. I want that guy. Uh, put me in a locker room. Are you – I mean, because that's that's what all the, you know, the, your Daryl Johnstons of the world are saying on the broadcast, right? Like, these guys can't lose. It's not in their DNA. They want to win, et cetera. Is that, like, how, how do you measure that? Because you mentioned today's day and age. I mean, the players know what everybody's talking about. It. Players hear everybody on the radio and on podcasts saying, tank. I mean, what's what's going through your mind if you're on the Cowboys right now? I think it's very difficult because you look at the record, uh, you, you, you look at uh, where you're at right now. I mean, you're going into your bye week and – it's just been this hasn't been your conventional year with the coronavirus and everything that is going that goes along with it. I always thought this. I think that it's really easy just to fold up and you know, start booking our you know plans for coronavirus uh, vacation. I mean, it's not really. But I, I remember being on bad teams when you know early on in my career, and it was very tremendously hard to really, really. I love that. Now that's kind of breaking the ice right there, putting the master's hat on, because that's something we need to talk about and get as you, you don the hat. Sure. But, um, and that's another thing I look forward to. They get the bye week this week that you want some golf. Um, right. But yeah, so back to the point about whether you're just uh, mellowing it in, uh, how do you have some resolve and how do you just kind of get yourself up? I was impressed against Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know if it was a combination of Pittsburgh Steelers, just not really having their A game um, or just the, the, the will for the Cowboys to fight. I, I really was impressed with that. If you want to take something positive away from that game, they did not win the game. Uh, they're playing with a four-string four quarterback who, uh, you know, Dinucci made him look like a pro football Hall of Famer or a pro, <laughs> pro baller. I mean, it's just a totally different. But I think that that's the thing about it is that you have to continue to just move forward. I, I, the checks come in every week. You know, you guys are still getting paid. There'll be decisions to be made in the offseason, who's going to be there and who's not. Um, but I think it does show a lot of character of guys whenever they decide uh, you can tell. And, and, you know, I don't know if you can tell that they haven't done it yet because they've, they've only got two wins and, uh, you know, seven losses. I mean, that really doesn't say a whole lot about a team. 
Um, but yeah, this thing can really go south. I mean, they got a tough schedule. I mean, and Trayvon Diggs, as you mentioned, the top of our podcast is, is out. Uh, but I did like some things that they did we haven't seen in some time. And to me, that's a positive thing. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to make a weird analogy. I realize that. I mean, I certainly know I'm prone to do this. But you mentioned I put the master's cap on um, on the subject of, you know, you can watch this episode on YouTube. Didn't exactly do my hair this morning. I, I, I had brought the cap into the office and I, I remembered, you know, I remember like, you know, 10 minutes into the conversation, man, put the cap on, whatever. Um, and I don't know if you can tell, but this, this cap says 2018 on it on top, on top of the Augusta logo. And right. it, is, it is Masters week. And I, I've been to the Masters once in my life. We've talked about it many times. And it was mm -hmm. in 2018. Yeah. That, that was the year that Patrick Reed won. And so a year later, obviously, last year, Tiger Woods won. And I tried By the to way, I watched that last night. I don't know if you saw the replay of that. I got kind of tired of watching the Jets and the, uh, <laughs> the Patriots. So I just went over to 2019 and relived last year the Tigers. a sensational win. <laughs> I, uh, I have been just going down a deep rabbit hole on the Masters YouTube channel. <laughs> they have so many great documentaries they've put together over the years. Um, and, dude, I forgot about Francesco's shot on 15. Like, that, the shot where he hits, he hits the branches. Oh, it was a meltdown. I mean, I mean it was – but, but I also – I mean, I didn't forget about it, but the, the hype on 12 when Poulter and Brooks and Francesco and Finau all went in, it was, it was legitimate – I mean, it was theater. You know what I mean? Like, it's like they got out of the way. And like, right, right. Um, but okay, so back to the point. And I, I tried to make this point a year ago, and nobody it's believed your fault, me. man, for getting off topic with your hat. But hey, right, you right, know, right. it's a Masters well, weekend. Well, I'm it gonna get, could come with a better time. Well, I'm going to get further off topic because <laughs> so when, when Tiger won the Masters a year ago, obviously awesome, great, badass. Tiger Woods wins the Masters, green jacket number five, whatever, whatever, whatever. I tried to tell people, yourself included, I said, because I, I had been at the Masters the year prior, I said, you know what? I would not have wanted to have been there this year when Tiger won it. And everybody said, what? You're crazy. That's stupid, et cetera. And the thing about the Masters, if you've never been, obviously, it's a tradition unlike any other, blah, blah, blah. But you're not allowed cell phones. You're not allowed to do anything. Um, and, I mean, if you've ever been to a golf tournament in general, you can only see what you're at, right? It's not like a football game or a basketball game where you go and you can see all of the action for the game right in front of you, right? I mean, you're yeah, at it's one, like 20 deep. You can't, right. Yeah. Well, not only that, but you're at one hole. You know what I mean? Like you're you're at one hole and that you're in that crowd, and especially on Sunday at Augusta, you know, you can't just say, oh, you know, I'm going to walk with Tiger Woods or whatever because it's impossible because, like you're saying, you're like 20 deep. And so watch – I don't know. I mean, I, that's one – not to interrupt you, but that's one tournament I would have wanted to have witnessed well, with Tiger Woods. So, my your, point your is, point, yeah, you can't see anything. Yeah, you, you can't see everything. You, you you have to go to one spot. And so like when I went, I went on Saturday and Sunday in 2018. And we on Saturday, we walked around, kind of saw the whole place. But on Sunday, we posted up at Amen Corner. So yeah, we got to see everybody come in, etc. But like, think about what I just said to you. If I had been stuck at Amen Corner last year when Tiger won on Sunday, I wouldn't have seen the Francesco meltdown on 15. I wouldn't have seen Tiger's tee shot on 16. I wouldn't have seen Brooks's missed birdie putt on 18. Like all of those things were necessary pieces to the story that you ultimately needed to understand and feel the stress and feel the moment of Tiger winning, right? And, and you know, again, it's a special place. But my point is, Patrick Reed, if, if you're not a golf fan, is not the most popular golfer in the world. Uh, but I would like that. That's who I would want to win the year I was there. And so to kind of to your point, Tony, about Trayvon Diggs or whoever it might be, 
if you're going to get hurt, you know, like, like if, if, crap, if crap's going to hit the fan, now's the time. You know what I mean? Like now is the time to get everything bad out because the season is obviously lost. And yeah. in, in spite of all of that, I really commend the Cowboys for standing up, having some self-pride on Sunday against the last undefeated team in the NFL. They damn near gave them their first uh, loss of the season. Who impressed you most? Uh, if you had to pick one player, it wasn't Garrett Gilbert. I mean, because he obviously, you know, look, that's the thing. Like, Tony, it is so bad that the bar is so low. The, the bar is literally just look competent and, and we'll praise you. You know what I mean? And, and so Garrett it's Gilbert like, looks just, competent. Uh, just, just be sober. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> And don't, and don't uh, stagger it, all over the place. It's like, it's like when, you, when you're talking to, like, a little kid, you know what I mean? And you do, like, give me a high five, and, and they go for it, and you go, too slow. And the kid's like, yeah. ah, that's hilarious. Yeah. It's like, Just give me something. And, 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 look, that's the thing that we kind of reverted to when you, when you look at this team and, and you judge them by the first, uh, you know, eight games. I think that I was pretty impressed with the defense. I really thought I liked the way the spirit that came out. Tate Lawrence was awesome. On getting anything going. I thought the defense played exception well. Again, what we've seen before, now we're comparing, you know, that to, to where you know, in, in this game. So I think when I looked at that, I thought that there was a, a lot of energy and a lot of passion. And that's what's the thing about it, RJ, is that, you know, you can't, you can't coach that. You don't, you know, you, it's something you have to, an intangible thing you have to play with. And Again, I thought the Steelers, I don't know if it was them just kind of sleepwalking, but I'm not even going to you know, factor it in. I just like the way the defense played. Uh, there was some three and outs. Uh, you know, the Cowboys are up by 10 points. I mean, if you told me that, um, like we, I think we all said that they, they would be, I would have bet that all day long. So I think, and offensively, I think that they ran the football. I thought Zeke looked like he was running a little bit more energy. Uh, I think Tony Pollard really? again, gave him a lot of – you know, a lot of, uh, you know, had a 20-yard game, which is uh, one of his longest gains, uh, you know, obviously this year. So I think that, I think overall my point would be is that I like the energy of the defense. I thought they should, they came out and it's like, hey, let's play. What do we got to lose? Right. You know, I like the play call, and I think that they really changed it up again, and they did some things. And, you know, I just think that that's what you have to do. I mean, really, it's at this point, it's all about what do we have to lose? Right. Let's let it, let's let it eat. I uh, I mentioned that Tank Lawrence played well. I would be remiss if I did not mention Neville Gallimore. Neville who, Gallimore, who I certainly had, had his best game of the season. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something, uh, Tony, that I think everybody's gonna pause and and go, "What?" Um, you you gave Ezekiel Elliott props, and that's that's a a rare thing these days. And I so I write uh, an article. He did just, drop a pass, but he, well, know, so but he so he I, I write. Right. I read an article after every game at Blog and the Boys called Five Winners and Five Losers. It, it's, you know, what it is. You get five best performers, five worst performers type thing. And I did not have Zeke Elliott as a loser. Um, and I, I took some heat for that. And, you know, it is what it is. But I did have Tony Pollard as a winner because I agree with you. He played really well. And the reason I, I won't put Zeke Elliott as a loser is that he came into this game with a hamstring injury that was very well documented, almost didn't play. And so it's hard for me to, to call him a loser when he very clearly wasn't 100%. However, I, I, I mean, and, and this is more than just this game. 
Um, but, but Tony, I don't know how much you've seen this. I mean, you're on Twitter, you're on, on Instagram. If, if you want to see, you know, some, some fashionable stuff, make sure you follow Tony on Instagram, by the way. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and this is just off the sidebar. Don't ever post anything about politics, <laughs> anything close to being politics. That's another story. That's, that's a good, that's a good rule of thumb to live by. Absolutely. Um, but, um, but so Tony, I mean, the conversation from a lot of Cowboys fans is that, I don't want to say the conversations that Zeke is washed, but a lot of people are kind of fed up with Zeke. And I think it's very clear. I'm not saying that Tony Pollard is a better running back than Zeke. I'm not saying that. But right now, he very clearly has more pop, more juice, however you want to put it. It, it is very clearly, and, and maybe it's injury, maybe it's not, maybe it's just time, maybe Zeke is, is a little worn down. I mean, I don't know. You could go on and on and on in terms of reasons, but... I mean, Tony Pollard very clearly looks like somebody who should be touching the ball more, even more than Zeke at this point in time. Do you do you feel that, or do you do you feel I think like it's very blatant? When I, I'm just I'm just calling a, a spade to spade is that when you watch the game, and I think that Zeke, we saw some of his energy, saw him his power, but you know, it's even we saw like a couple of feet knees, and I, and it really, I thought the offensive line as a whole did do that bad. I mean, they lose. No, they held up too. Yeah right before the game and uh and uh, joe looney uh has to you know come in and hadn't played and he's been injured so you know that's another story but you know they still struggle down the edges but who doesn't against the steelers, the steelers led every every there's 13 14 categories the number one defense in the national football league so when you look at how they played i mean they didn't do too bad but back to you know back to zeke i think it's blatantly that you see that and you know, I think when you see – all you see with Zeke now is how much money they paid him, so there's they don't have any other choice but to go with him. Right. But I don't know in the offseason. I don't know if it's something that – I mean, you really can't trade. It's almost like, you know, th- you know Todd Gurley out in – you know, with the Rams. I mean, it's yeah. come to a point where, you know, Zeke has seen his best days because, you know, I think that he runs so hard. And I think after a while, you see the life, the shelf life of a running back. And I don't know if it's a combination of Tony Pollard just having a better burst or just a more explosive, but it's just so blatant that you see the energy in the runner. And maybe it's just the running style, RJ. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's the differential between these two guys. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a... 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Well, um, I'm sure you've seen people on on Twitter uh, argue against paying running backs. And don't get me wrong, I'm a huge Zeke fan. Love Zeke. He's awesome and and certainly has a lot of pros to his cause. But 
this this is why I mean T- Tony Pollard is is the example. I mean there are a billion examples why you don't pay running backs because it's it's the easy it's never easy to find a replacement of the NFL but it is the easiest position to replace the running back position. And so if you're looking at it from, from a cost analysis perspective, I mean, if you're going to devote resources, running back is not the right spot to do it. Neither is an off the ball linebacker like the Cowboys did with Jalen Smith. The 2019 um, lead up to the this season was really just a disaster for them in a number of ways. And, and we're learning that more and more every week. I do think Tony, um, I, I, I certainly would not, you know, uh, disagree with the notion to move on from Jalen Smith in the offseason. There have been different national reporters that have kind of hinted that there might be a discussion uh, for the Cowboys when it comes to their their star linebacker. But um, he, he has not played well. Um, but I thought that this was actually one of his better games. And I think that people look at the illegal contact penalty and the roughing the passer penalty. And I thought those were two really weak and lame calls against him. And I do feel bad for Jalen. It's it's a different – I think Jalen and Zeke are in two different spots, and I'm not trying to, to bag on one. I think Jalen is is having moments where he's playing rather well. But, like, the, the penalties, he's just – you know, you ever you ever see like somebody who just you know has bad luck? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like those right. Those penalties were just bad luck for him. In that, I mean, the legal contact one fine, and I know Tony Romo pointed out the the roughing the passer thing is technically the letter of the law. But I mean, I think you know it's kind of like if if your average person in a bar watched those penalties, I don't think they think they're penalties. And so I feel for Jalen, but he, he is kind of the face. And I think I I hope just for kindness that the Mike Nolan talk has subsided. Cause I, I tell you what, from the point of the Washington game where the Cowboys just got housed and Andy Dalton got hurt. I think Mike Nolan has made the biggest comeback of, of anybody associated with the Cowboys. And I'm not even saying keep him around for 2021, but this dude, I mean, got hot sauce in his eye and all of a sudden his defense, you know, wasn't the worst in the NFL. So maybe we need yeah. to put some all over his face. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And, and you know, they called the, the players called the coaches out that they weren't doing their jobs. And, and to me, that's just an example of players making plays. I thought Leighton Vanderish, uh, his, the last, since he's been healthy, has really provided a spark for this defense. I think you can see his leadership and him moving, moving you know, I mean, that one play he had, I have no problem with no, no, a player not taking shit from another team, okay? Right. And I don't know if we need to edit that out, but the point is is that I want to see some dogs out there. Well, throw the explicit Look, tag I'll take a guy head. like that that has, you know, some fight to him. And to me, you know, that could have gone both ways on the penalty on Leighton Vanderish. Yeah, and but it's always me, on the second it, guy, right. Yeah, so there's, there's a spark, and I think that that's contagious. You need a couple of guys, especially when you're in a season that's just been so dismal, that to go out there and, and, and set an example and really just kind of catch fire. So I like the way he's played. But Jalen Smith, look, again, this hasn't been his year. I mean, let's face it. I mean, people have been calling him out, and that's a prime example. Hey, look, it's just my, not my year. I think the, the whole rough in the passer is very subjective. I mean, you know, when it comes to hitting – and, look, they make a point when you see a play in real, you know, live action – I mean, it's it's happening so fast, so it's a call the official has to make it. But then when you go back and look at it, right, especially in slow mo, whatever, yeah, yeah. And the pass interference to me, that looked like the guy was as pretty much just ran into him and just flopped a little bit, and the ref pulls the flag. Um, and there were some questionable calls in that game. I mean, you could say the same thing for the Cowboys. I know, I don't know if it was Cam Fleming or it was uh, it was Terrence Steele, whoever. It was, he was Terrence Steele, yeah. He was leaving early the whole game, and they never. They never called it. Um, 
So, look, I, I think Jalen Smith, if I look at his salary and what he can do as a player, I just think he needs he needs a lot of help. And not to say that he's not a smart guy or he doesn't make plays, but he's just – that's the way he plays. He needs someone to lead him and be part of it and just kind of be a frenzy that kind of backs everything up. That like a sense. like a Sean Lee or a Leighton Van yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I do yeah. I, I do have a question for you specifically because – amazingly there is a sector of people on the internet that defend Jalen Smith right and and that argue he's still really talented I'm not going to go that far um but the the most common line is he needs a, a defensive tackle how do, how do you've talked about that before I mean how your job as a defensive tackle is to kind of protect your linebacker not sell him out do you do you think there's I mean how much truth is there to that 100 there's truth. a lot of truth to that I, I think that when you're a linebacker and you're trying to decipher and then look at plays when you got an offensive guard or center on your level it's hard I mean you you watch it you I mean I we a couple of games ago let's try to illustrate the you know the the you know the offensive lineman getting off on a second level and mm -hmm. cutting off all the linebackers so the responsibility up front for these defensive linemen is to play their gap and then give the the you know to to get not to get all technical but let the linebackers move a step where they can see in front of them. With, if they don't have any, they can't see anything in front of them. It's real cloudy with guys you know, on that level. Then they can't make plays. The bottom line, it's like a, it, you know, it's a trade-off. If the if the line if the defensive defensive lineman in front of you or letting the you know the lineman off onto the linebackers, those dudes need to make plays. Right. And right. people don't look at that. And I, I'll give Jay on that because I've seen it. But it's other plays decision making. I think in coverage, and I think whenever you know he can make breaks down and makes a, makes a play, or just just overflowing and letting a guy run behind him because he sees something because he wants to get there so fast and just put a big shot on him. I think sometimes he's not patient enough, and I think his aggressiveness is sometimes his downfall. What um, um what linebacker on the Cowboys back in the day spoke to you the most? I mean, all who, of them. But all who, of them who, our ass out. That's what oh, I'm saying. Yeah. Like, what what was that conversation like, Tony? You got to like, do it. Hey, well, you know, we, you know, I know we're on, uh, you know, on Zoom or on the, you know, our broadcast here. Uh, it wasn't good. I mean, they yelled at us. It's like, dude, you know, what are you doing, man? You need to keep, you need to keep me, the the offensive lineman off me. Mm -hmm. And you know, to me, that was a lot of pride because it wasn't, you know, we weren't too gapping. We weren't just holding the guy. We get upfield and we're aggressive. And and look, that's why I like Neville Gallimore. I like guys to get upfield and make plays. Right. You know, get a piece of them. But you know what? The bottom line is that next time, you know what the next time's going to happen? That offensive lineman who let that guy, he's going to have to take a wider angle. Right. So if he takes a wider angle, that means that he's going to have to stay on the defensive lineman more. That that means as a whole, the linebackers going to be able to flow and really just be freed up. So, look, when they when we got off, when they got off the second level, they let us know in a huddle. Okay. <laughs> just like the defensive backs, if the, if the, you know, if they, we didn't rush the passer. They let us know. It's like, good, you know, they're taking too long. And and they didn't like that. Although when we did get pressure and they got an, an interception, oh, it's all on us because yeah. it's such great coverage. Um, Neville Gallimore, I think, is emblematic of how every cow how most Cowboys fans feel about the rest of the season. Um, I, I personally, Tony, didn't buy that. Oh, you cut Don Terry Poe and you cut Daryl Worley. Wow, I'm I'm really scared now. You know, I didn't buy. Maybe that worked. I mean, it's it's. I mean, because because they have played well. Um, well Don Terry Poe just was just taking up space. I mean, he sure. was not active at all. 
Right. So but, they didn't have any choice but to cut him. He just wasn't a contributing whatsoever. Agreed. And now with Trayvon Diggs potentially gone for the rest of the year, at least gone for some time, I hope the Cowboys, I know he's not a, they don't have him listed as a corner, but I hope the Cowboys find opportunities for Reggie Robinson because that's, that's what this season is at this point. This season is time for Neville Gow. And that's why you cut Poe and you cut Worley. You got to get a lot of snaps for let these other guys play. Right. Yeah. You got to let uh, Neville Gallimore play more. You got to let Reggie Robinson play more. You got to let Tony Pollard play more. I mean, you know, you, you've got to let all of these things happen because your focus is on the future of this team. And let me I ask do, you this. I'm not trying to interrupt you, but you just mentioned Tony Pollard. Let, let him play more. And, and I don't know what this will do for to Zeke, but I think you just put him. Yeah, you know, Zeke is your guy. You're paying him money. But I don't know if it will send the wrong message and you got to make you, got to pacify and make Zeke happy. But I really think they need to consider. Like, they talked about the last game putting on pinch, on a pitch count because he's, you know, his hamstring. But if he's that injured, man, give him, you know, give Tom, Tony Pollard the majority of the snaps. I don't know how 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 well that if that bodes very well because, you know, may, you know, Zeke may get a little sensitive and thinking, hey, you know, they're, are they trying to move on without me? But right. really, give Tony Pollard a chance. Let him have the ball 25 times in the game. I agree with you, and I think that that's why this season is so important. And it's it's not important in terms of getting wins, and it's not even important in terms of of you know establishing the best draft position as possible. This right now, all this season is is data collection. That's all it is. You're collecting data on various players, and and that's what's important. And I think that you know that last time the Cowboys were this bad, Tony was obviously five years ago in 20, uh, 2015. And they rebounded very strongly the next year, obviously, and won 13 games. However, I, I think looking back on it, it would have been nice to have seen, um, you know, some some more future players playing in 2015. I do think that that was potentially a really valuable season for like Cole Beasley, right, who, who became a, a really sort of integral, more integral part of yeah. the Cowboys after that. And so, yeah, I mean, it could, because you're not going to ideally, right, Tony Pollard isn't seeing a lot of snaps because in a perfect world, Zeke is dominating all the time. That's not happening anymore. And so you have to make sure that the guys who you're potentially going to lean on next season in 2021 are getting the time that is is now, you know, less less important so to speak uh because that's this this is a long preseason that's really all it is for you and they're really valuable snaps because neville gallimore to the point tony he can't see action like that in training camp or, or even the preseason you know he's going up against you know the pittsburgh Steelers, the undefeated pittsburgh Steelers, and that's really really beneficial for him and this pivots me uh, and this is i think going to be a question for the next week and a half with the cowboys on a bye um Stephen Jones said on Monday on 105.3 The Fan that Andy Dalton, when he's healthy, obviously he's coming off the concussion and he was placed on the COVID list last week. So he's got those two hurdles to overcome. But once he does, Stephen Jones made it sound like Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I disagree with that. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll make my case and then I'm curious what you think. I think, number one, Garrett Gilbert has played well enough to warrant another start. That's, that's number one for me. Number two, is the Cowboys' next game, I've said this several times on, on multiple shows that we do at Block of the Boys, Cowboys' next game is Sunday, November 22nd. That's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And then very quickly after that, the Cowboys have to host Washington on Thanksgiving Day. And so I would not want to bring Andy Dalton back just to have him immediately go onto a condensed week because of the fact that the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving. And the third thing, finally, is 
it's possible that Garrett Gilbert is the backup to Dak Prescott in 2021, right? It's not possible that Andy Dalton is because Andy Dalton very clearly and for legitimate reasons wants to move on, hopefully get a starting job somewhere else. And so if it were up to me, if it were my team, I would want, again, like we're saying, I would want the snaps to go to a place where I could use them in the future and beyond. Um, so I'm team Garrett Gilbert. The kids are calling him double G. I don't know if you've seen that, Tony. Uh, but um, who should who should start a quarterback? Assume Andy Dalton is healthy. Who should start a quarterback, Dalton or Garrett Gilbert? I think I think you just uh, – you got to go with Dalton. Uh, because oh. Just, uh, yeah, I, I think – and look, this is my little theory behind it. Um, if you're going to go with Garrett Gilbert, uh, I, I think everyone realizes that Andy Dalton – probably won't be it's a one-year deal and what they've been paying him six seven million dollars a year so you gotta you gotta pay for you gotta pay him this year obviously and you gotta play him um i i think garrett gilbert is i thought <laughs> for what we've seen prior to the the pittsburgh steelers game and you know Danucci coming off just a really really i don't even call it i don't know what kind of performance you call it just a guy out there um, it was it was just literally a performance that's all it was just yeah, literally was, a performance and, and, and look i it's just it was pretty horrible um so i, I think gilbert just you know, to me I, I he's had his moments he's run to three or four different teams and um if you're going to make that decision right now i think you just realize that you're, you're going to have to you know live with the you know, suffer the consequences of Andy Dalton, you know, and, and you got to continue to pay him, you know, out throughout the year. And I don't know if, it, if, if Garrett Gilbert, if that was an anomaly against the Steelers. Sure. Um, so you really don't know if it, what happens in the, the week you start in the next game, he just goes out there and throws three interceptions. So there's got to be some consistency, but to get to that point, you got to play him in the game. I, I think, I don't think you do that right now, but you certainly do it if Andy Dalton, uh, you know, struggles uh, in, in the next game, you know, they, they play, and they have some time off, and maybe he grabs hold of it. I think one thing it does expose Andy Dalton is that he's not very a very mobile quarterback. He's getting older, and in this on this offensive line, which has not done a very tremendous job of protecting, the, you know, the two times that he's been as the quarterback, I think his confidence has been probably shot down. Uh, but I think, again, he hasn't really had the time to, you know, to – decipher this all i mean he, he learned the playbook but not that much experience right, but right. It's a, you know it's a long uh, uh you know kind of a analogy of the whole deal but i think right now you continue to go with that andy dalton and if you go with garrett gilbert you, you just basically say you know what why you know what why would you just not just wave the guy i mean i'm just looking at that point but then you have a, an issue with the backup quarterback but um i think right now you continue to go with andy dalton well um Whatever they do, they won't do it until next Sunday, obviously, as the Cowboys run a bye this week. I want to give a huge shout out, huge thank you uh, to the NFL schedule makers for having the Cowboys bye week in this extremely unique season be uh, the same weekend as the Masters. Um, also, the uh, I, I won't get one this week just because it's so impossible. But I don't know if you know this, Tony. I know you've, you've, got, you've got a son that I'm sure is very interested. The PlayStation 5 comes out this week. Uh, so there's a lot of people with a lot of different priorities this week. This is really all I'm saying. And so, you know, it's nice to have have a week off from from the madness that has been the Cowboys season. Um, I, I, you know, we talk a little bit of golf from time to time here on the show. So I would be remiss if I did I, if I did not get a master's pick out of you. Who wins uh, on this November Sunday out in Augusta? 
First of all, I'm the, the thing that I'm most intrigued with is Bryson DeChambeau. I, I want to see what he does oh, at the sure. golf course. I, I want to see, see his. I want to see how he plays. Like I, I don't even care if he wins. I just want to see how, how he attacks. He well, and like we've we've heard, he's going to try to drive over this, you know, line of trees, and he's going to, you know, he's going to try to go through here, et cetera. I'm excited he's to see his try creativity. To some bombs. Right. Remember when Tiger won it by 20 strokes when he before they made a Tiger proof when he just yeah. just you know brought it to his knees. I think that's kind of the the storyline for me is to see if he tries to do this modern day version of the Tiger. You know, domination. Totally. Bryson Vanderish, by the way, looks just yeah. like him. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. I, who do I think is going to win? I like Francisco Molinari. I think that he, he plays this course well. Um, there's so many dudes in the field. Um, I, I got to go with uh, – I like Bryson. I, I don't think Tiger. I think he's probably going to struggle. I think last year the, when he won it was uh, – Yeah, he caught lightning in a bottle. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was an anomaly, and everybody just got out of the way. Um, uh, Dustin Johnson. That's uh, my I pick. I, I, I like him. Um, I'm going to go with uh, John Rahm. So my top three, I'm going to go with Rahm. I'm going to go with Francisca. And then maybe I'm going to throw in a little dark horse. This is my dark horse speed. Uh, McElroy, he's always picked in that. But I'll just go with those three. Those are my three three favorites. So you've got Bryson, DJ, and John Ron. You're saying are your top three. And Molinari. Oh, so you got four. So we're going four yeah, now. Francisco Molinari. I, I, those four, I'll, I'll throw them in there, and, and we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see who gets the most points. We'll do the under and, and plus, and we'll, that's how we'll divvy up, divvy up who wins between you and I. So at my uh, my home course, we're doing a deal, socially distanced, obviously, uh, where we each get to pick three golfers. We've laid out some tiers, and we're going to play around on Saturday. So we're going to take their Saturday rounds. So like if you would pick three guys, you could pick, mm -hmm. and you've got yeah. tiers, and you would play your own round, and you take the the low aggregate. And so it's it's right. a foursome. You're part of you're part of three guys playing Augusta on Saturday. Um, and so, you know, it's an, it's an, it's a fun sort of thing. And so I have to figure out who I'm going to go there. If I have to pick four right now, I'm not going to pick Bryson. Um, I would love to pick John Rahm, but I don't want to copy you to be honest. So, um, I, I also, by the way, I just, my heart broke for his fellow Spaniard, Sergio Garcia, obviously had to withdraw due to testing yeah, positive that, for COVID-19. COVID uh, but so I will take Dustin Johnson. In fact, I'm going to take both Ustins. I'm going to take DJ and Justin Thomas. Um, so very excited about that. I will add, uh, you didn't mention him, so you're disrespecting him. And this guy thrives off of that Brooks Kapka. uh, Brooks, obviously kind of bounced back, made it interesting in Houston last week. Um, but obviously shows up for the big tournaments. And so I'll add Brooks to my, uh, my group. It's so here. hard because there's so many great golfers and that's the thing with golf. I mean, the guy that you never even heard of would go out there and shoot lights out. And right. it seems um, like that that's kind of the. The storyline in golf, but those, hey, those are some good names right there. I forgot about Brooks. Well, I need one more to at your foursome, and I thought about going Webb Simpson, uh, but I'm gonna go with the guy who he barely beat um, at Hilton Head. I'm wearing the Mexican national jersey right now. I'm gonna go with Abraham I saw Answer. That. I can't it, see. The, I saw the logo at the bottom it, there. Abraham it's Answer, baby, on a stage. So uh, <laughs> that's that's my my most dark horse pick, but I just wanted to, to make it. So we'll see what happens. Certainly, uh, we'll be back next week. Even though the Cowboys run a buy, make sure you subscribe to the Block and the Boys YouTube channel. You can see more of Tony's beautiful face um, next time. May, maybe he'll put the suit in. Next time, put know. some Dave. I, 
put some clothes on next time. Uh, you can subscribe to the Blog of the Boys podcast network so you can listen to all their wonderful shows. You can follow us on social media and whatnot. Tony, enjoy the Masters. Uh, enjoy. I, I'm sure you're going to stand in line for a PS5 I, if I know you. Um, when, I, when you just brought that up, I was thinking, this is how old I am, you know, having kids. I remember when PlayStation 1 came out, and now they're all the way at 5. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm sure you will be asked to to get one of the new consoles for Christmas. For one I'm of paying too much in tuition, brother. <laughs> well, uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll, maybe, maybe with, with Trayvon out, Jerry will hit you up to play corner for the last month of the season. Maybe you can give me a raise on blogging the boys. Uh, everybody have yourselves a great week. We'll see you next time. This was the seven five Oh.